lane, 15-10, touchdown Chargers! What's up guys, welcome into our final Chargers Weekly of the regular season. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith, we are powered by Microsoft Surface. Chargers losing Denver last week, final game this Sunday, SoFi Stadium. Money, we got Blaine Gabbert versus Easton Stick, and uh, a, a lot to discuss after the game. Uh, I, I don't know how much you want to get into last week at Denver. Kind of an uneventful game. Uh, I, I know that Sunday, uh, a, a lot of these guys may not be on this team in, in 2024, and we're kind of going to turn the page to a brand new era of Chargers football. You know, I think it's worth kind of digging into a little bit in terms of that game because, you know, they had built. Obviously, the Raider game was a colossal failure, but you watched them take that step and respond and played for Gith and played a great game and nearly knocked off the Bills and ruined their postseason hopes. Uh, didn't come together, you know, slipped away from them at the end. And and, unfor- and I was hoping they were going to take that next step, get that win, knock off the Broncos in Denver officially, you know, even though they were eliminated because of the way the other games played out. But, you know, make sure that you do the eliminating of the Broncos, especially with Jared Stidham getting the start. And, you know, they weren't able to do that. And I, Defensively, I thought they played solid. Obviously, one just terrible play, the little Jordan Humphrey touchdown where there were yeah. four missed tackles, a blown coverage, and just, you know, ugly all over the field. But outside of that, you're talking about a team that limited Javante Williams and and the Broncos rushing attack, and they tried to run the heck out of the ball, and they just couldn't. You know, they rushed for three yards per carry, and really it was bad turnovers. You know, uh, Nick Neiman not securing the football before he tried to to run it on that fourth down fake punt, you know, bobbling it, and that just knocked that thing off track. And then, you know, Austin Eckler coughing the football up and losing it for the fourth time this season. Uh, So the defense played well, you know, and – I think there's a couple of concerns there. I guess we'll just start there, Chris. Like, you know, the the one thing that that I would be concerned about is just corners. I think you really have to to think about this secondary moving forward. I think you had issues with tackling by the corners far too often in that game. And your corners in this league have got to be able to tackle. Just with the rules, it's a passing league. Flags are getting thrown all the time for PI or for holding. And that means there's going to be a lot of completed passes out there and you have to be able to tackle. And that's just been an issue for this team at, at that position. So to me, that was kind of, even though it was a good day for the defense, that was probably my takeaway is as we push this toward next year, you know, so I'll just start there on that defensive side of the ball and say, if you're going to play corner in this league, you got to be able to tackle and if you can't tackle you need to find someone who can I think that's a great place to start Uh, you know save for that little Jordan Humphrey somebody told me I didn't see the exact number but next gen stats that was like a 0.2 percent chance of being a touchdown yeah and and it turned into a touchdown because of just the ridiculousness of that play and the missed tackle so you know you take that play out and I, I thought the defense played pretty good but Again, in 2024, you look at this, and I think the quarter position is a great place to start. Um, you're going to have to load up at that position this offseason. Uh, we talk about the edge rusher. We know Thule's going to be here. Uh, Khalil and Joey have massive cap numbers. Yeah. Um, it's it's safe to say we don't know. Did, did, has Joey played his last game as a Charger? I don't know. Has Khalil Mack played his last game as a Charger despite having a really good season, a Pro Bowl season? I don't know. These are a lot of big decisions that are going to be made by the next regime. 
But this defense is going to look a lot different, Money. No doubt. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, I think a lot of it is just money and and what is available uh, on the trade market in terms of people being willing to take on that money. Uh, I think ultimately that's, you know, that's what's going to, that's what's going to determine maybe who stays, who goes, you know, who has a, a contract and who has the production that's of value to somebody else in the league that you can at least unload the salary, take the, you know, the hit on the cap, you know, with the signing bonus and some of the money that you moved around in order to, to keep this team together to make a run at a Super Bowl this year. So that I think, you know, it's basically the big four, right, is what we're talking about. I don't think yeah. we need to tiptoe around it. It's Khalil, Joey, Keenan, Mike. That's what we're talking about. Those are four gigantic contracts that account for somewhere around a hundred and I don't remember what the number is. It's like 120, 130 million bucks of salary next year. It's north of 120. Yeah. So that's, that's where it starts. And I don't know if it's two of the four, if it's three of the four, if it's all four, if it's one of the four, but I would be very, very surprised if all four of them were back on this roster next year, considering how bad it went this year, considering the injury history. Uh, I mean, you have, you have two lanes. You've got the injury history of Joey and Mike Williams, and you've got the age 33 for Khalil, 32 for Keenan Allen. Neither, neither is, is ideal moving forward, right? Someone that, that, you know, two guys that have, have, that struggle to stay on the field with huge cap numbers and salaries and two guys who, according to history, probably are going to see it. Listen, these declines do not happen gradually. They show up like that. For whatever reason, in the game of football, there are no gradual declines. You have it, and then you don't. And it's for something. I don't know what it is about this sport, but that's typically how it works. So that's that's the risk that you take on by keeping any of those players. And I'm sure that'll be a very uh, it'll be a very tough conversation because they're all great players. They've all meant a lot to this franchise. Even Khalil only haven't been here for two years. Uh, but what he's meant to the development of Thule and and how well Tui Pelotu has played this year and and what what he's attributed to Khalil Mack for why you know he he feels like he's kind of been able to to grow and progress so quickly. So those are tough those are tough questions. And I don't remember how we got there to this. So my apologies, but no, we, uh, we, I'll just leave it at that. No, we started on the defense, and and again, right. the, the, the two the two big price tags are Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. And money for right. for as disappointing as the last two years have gone. Khalil Mack has been in the bright spot. I don't think he's missed a game, you know, and, right. and he's and he's played really at an all pro level this year, you know, starting with that six sack game against the Raiders and then just, you know, being that presence on the other side. And I know it it kills Joey to not be out there with him. You know, that was the the big yeah. theme this offseason was, you know, Joey's like, I felt like I let Khalil down not being on the field. And then unfortunately they weren't able to be on the field again together this year. So yeah. uh, the, the two lanes and I, I just go back to the history of the game and you know, this is something that Bill Walsh always preached. And I know Bill Belichick is like, you want to get out from under a contract a year early rather than a year late. hundred percent. And that's, that's the, the, the conundrum, I guess you have with guys like, now I will say this. I think Keenan's game can have a little bit more longevity because his game is not built on speed. It's built on route running and built on just right. his football IQ. So I, I do think that you can get some really productive years out of Keenan. Khalil has shown that he's still productive, but like you said, sometimes it just happens. And when you weigh the cap number with all four of these guys, it's going to be an interesting decision. Like you, you have the, you have the guys who have been 
injured and had that history of injury history versus the guys who have been productive for you the last couple of years, but you just don't know when that is going to fall off. My big concern with Keenan would be, you know, the third down numbers are incredible, right? Yeah. But but why are we in so many third downs? <laughs> you know, because we don't have explosiveness out there. That's, you know, we don't see that. The Chargers, I'm not a part of the team. The Chargers don't have explosiveness out there. We don't see it is what I'm trying to say. So maybe it's a complete reimagining of the wide receiver room that was, we like these big bodies. We like these tall receivers. You need speed, man. You need explosiveness 100%. out there. It was so evident on that field against Denver. This team had nothing in terms of juice. And the the Broncos just packed the box. They were not afraid of anybody beating them deep. Patrick Sertan was in Quentin Johnston's jersey the entire game, and he could not get off press and just got manhandled every single snap. Came alive a little bit, had a couple really nice moments against Patrick, you know, a little bit later in that game, but really just got thrown around. And as as good as Alex Erickson was, and he had a great game and a couple big catches, he just had no speed. They had no explosiveness. And that's not Keenan's game. You know, you talked about maybe that's why it makes sense. Well, they need it. I mean, they need it desperately. So I think that's sort of another conversation. Now, you can't just go out and buy it. You know, you, you're going to have to draft it. You're going to have to develop it. But I think it's clear that, that that is lacking, that as great as Mike Williams has been with those 50-50 balls and in the red zone and as great as Keenan has been on third down, like, it just – there's something missing. There is something missing in the running back room. There is something missing in the wide receiver room and the tight end room where they have got to figure out a way how to get explosive – and how to, you know, it goes back to the the Vic Fangio philosophy on defense, right? And that's put a lid on it, force them to to need 13, 15 play drives in order to score a touchdown because on your way there, you're probably going to get a penalty. You're probably going to get off schedule. You're going to need to convert two or three third downs, and that's where we get you, and you settle for field goals. And that's just happened to this team far too often where we don't have those three-play drives, five-play drives. Every single one has just been this dig your fingernails into the side of the mountain and just scale and hope you don't slip on the way up. And, and to me, Chris, that was so evident in that Denver game. They would have these great drive starters, and you'd get a couple first downs, and then you're behind the sticks, and now Rashawn's got a brutal holding penalty, and you're out of field goal range, and you can't recover, and you can't convert a third down. They were zero for their first nine. Like They got to get out of that. They have got to get off that treadmill and and get back to what we saw in 2020 where you've got these explosive plays from Austin Eckler and you've got these explosive plays from Herbert to, to T. Billy yeah. and Herbert to Jalen Guyton and like Herbert to Hunter Henry. Like we've got to get back to that. They have to find those guys too. And yeah. Jalen Guyton and T. Billy – it's not like these guys are wide receiver one, but Justin would find them down the field. And, you know, I, I go back to what what we saw on Sunday, Dolphins, Ravens, right? Yeah. Zay Flowers with, with a 72-yard touchdown. Like, just like that, boom, you know? Uh, what Tank Dell has done in, in Houston, like, uh, it's, it's unfortunate because you, you don't want to project 
what Quinton's going to be moving forward because we, right. we still need to give him a little bit more time. But what you see that has happened after him, I, this team could have used it this year, and they may have been a little bit more effective offensively instead of having to run everything yeah. through Keenan and being able to withstand the injuries to Mike. And that's what kind of leads us to the draft. And you brought but You know great- what, Chris? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in there real quick because yeah, I think it's it. a great – you make a great point. And that I just had this conversation on Petros and Money yesterday about Jaime Jaquez. I'm like, if yeah. you're the Lakers and you've got a 39-year-old LeBron James and you've got a 30-year-old Anthony Davis and you made the conference finals last year, why are you drafting a developmental prospect Thank in Jalen Hood Shafino when Jaime Jaquez is ready to go and you guys expect you, you've, you've spent all this money on Gabe Vincent and Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood. You expect to win the championship this year. So why is your first round pick someone that's not going to contribute for two years? And I felt the same way about Quinton. It's like, yeah, maybe he's going to be great, but you just shoved $140 million into 2024 because you believe you're good enough to win this year. You don't have explosiveness in your wide receiver room and and look, it's I get the Zay Flowers thing, but here's Jordan Addison, guy that won the Bolitnikoff two years ago, that is as polished a route runner as there is. You know exactly will he? You know is the ceiling a little bit lower for him because of the size and maybe the speed? Yeah, maybe. But you know what he's going to do when he gets here day one. You know exactly what he's going to do. There is no question about how high that floor is. So that's. That's sort of where the team building thing came in and comes in for me. Yeah. Like you knew what you thought you had this year. So why are you taking someone that you told us from the get-go and the jump, not quite ready? So that's, you know. Especially especially with how the wide receiver room was already constructed. Josh Palmer's right. big he, Josh Palmer's a big kid. Mike Williams is a big dude. We know what Keenan Allen does. Speed. We're, we, yeah. how, how many times have we talked about Zay Flowers on this podcast leading up to the draft? Yeah, um, all the time. But but take Puka Nakua out of it in the fifth round. Just take him out yeah. because that's that's an outlier. Well, and remember, for people that, that think it was such a brilliant pick, yes, it was. It turned out to be great. Puka couldn't stay healthy. Like, that's, yeah. that's why he slid. The guy just yeah. could not stay on the field his entire college football career. So the Rams caught a break. He's healthy, and he's when he's on the field, he's great, but the guy just had way too many injuries, and that's what scared everybody off. Yeah, but Sam Laporte is in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. You know, Michael Mayer has, shows, has shown promise. Tank Dell was the wide receiver one for C.J. Stroud as a rookie. Right. Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. I mean, there, there was a lot of weapons. Dalton Kincaid, who I, I know you 100%. were so high on coming into this thing. Yeah. All these guys could have really helped, I think, this year offensively. Um, and I, I'm still – Saying that in the same breath as I'm rooting for Quentin, and and I think it's a huge offseason for him to make to make that next step. But here we go, Chargers going to have a top seven pick in this upcoming yeah. draft. Eight's the worst it, it, it could possibly be. Eight yeah. is the lowest they could go. So I see, I see Brock Bowers, I see Roma Dunze, I see Neighbors from LSU, like or what we talked about last week. Trade back, get more dudes. Sure, but but if one of those game changers is there, and you can pair them and kind of revamp your tight ends and your wide receivers room with with a with a Brock Bowers or a Neighbors, I think that that's probably the route to go. And then it would make it a little bit more palatable to to cut ties with one of these guys that you know you've had such a deep connection with over the last several years. So the Bowers thing scares me. 
And I know I said we wouldn't even be in a, you know, the Chargers wouldn't even be in a position to draft him because he was going to get drafted so high. To me, it's history. There's too much history there where we have way too many tight ends that are taken in the top five because they're freaks. And it's Eric Ebron and it's Kyle Pitts getting taken ahead of Slater and Sewell and Jamar Chase. That scares me. The yeah. tight end thing. It just, there's too many, there's too many tight ends. Or OJ can, Howard. OJ Howard in Joku. Like there's so many of them that, that worry me. So that I would stay away from. The, the wide receiver, DJ and I were talking about this on the way home. They're sitting next to each other on the plane. And it's interesting because, you know, think about the names you rattled off, right? Tank Dell, Zay Flowers in the 20s, Jordan Addison in the 20s, uh, Rasheed Rice in the, in the second round, Reed for the Packers in the second round. Like, you'll find receivers. Yeah. There's, it has become a receiver game. All of these kids, because of seven-on-seven seven and Friday Night Lights, are coming up as receivers. There's so many of them right now. What there aren't? Offensive linemen. And so the Chargers are going to probably be in a spot where Fashanu is sitting there and Joe Alt is sitting there from Notre Dame. And I think that's where the question comes in. Do you take that tackle because you have the quarterback? And like, like what did we see this week from Jordan McFadden? 39 snaps, not a single pressure. You can find guards. You can find centers in the later rounds. Yep. But tackles, you got to draft tackles high. Trey's played solid football, but you go through everybody in the NFL's offensive line, and I'm telling you right now, you want to talk about elite tackles, I can say that probably 90% of them are taken in the first round. So if you have an opportunity to have not one, but two elite, elite players at tackle, and Justin Herbert is your quarterback, to me, that, that changes the game. That changes the numbers for everything because now you don't have to worry about doubling anybody you you can now you can run you know with uh with a Sam Laporta with a Musgrave with that tight end now and a linebacker's got to cover him and a safety you can flex your back out because you're not worried about having to chip and keep somebody in in pass pro and like so that's what's going to be interesting for the next general manager is do we have an opportunity to kind of what Detroit has Right where when they took Sewell, they already had Decker, and it's like he's a really good tackle. Well, yeah, but now we can change everything. Now we can completely change the calculus because we have two, you know, one really really good tackle and one elite tackle. So to me, that's something that's going to be discussed. And you then also brought up what I think is probably the best point, and that's trading back. Yeah, and that's you've got three quarterbacks guaranteed to be taken in the top 10 Daniels, unless he weighs like 160 pounds, which is possible. He's very skinny, you, you know, J- Daniels and obviously Drake may and Caleb Williams are going to be one and two. How Caleb about Michael Pettix? Michael Pettix made some money this weekend. That's a, that's a medical, you know, every, nobody is disagreeing with how good of a quarterback Michael Penix is. He's incredible. He should have won the Heisman. It's, it's a damn shame that he didn't. It's, it's actually inexcusable that he didn't, but the network that pushes the Heisman also carries the SEC and not the Pac-12 or the Big Ten, and so they tend to get their way in those things. But he was robbed, much like Toby Gerhardt was robbed, much like Andrew Luck was robbed, and the Pac-12 routinely gets screwed in the Heisman Trophy balloting unless it's someone from USC. So hopefully Penix with two ACLs and a shoulder, that's a lot of surgeries before you come out of, you know, it's the same knee with the ACLs. So that's 
that's a concern. But and Bo Nix could sneak his way in there. So that's if you can if you're what, what we're getting at and why we're discussing quarterbacks, even though the Chargers have Justin Herbert. If one of them is available, Jaden Daniels or Drake May or somebody is available when the Chargers are picking, and you got someone that wants to come up and they're back at 15 or they're at and you think about what Carolina gave up to go up to get Bryce Young at number one and like that's that's probably where I would assume the team is really going to do a, a long hard look is maybe we trade back and get the corner instead you trade back and you get you still get an, an elite receiver because there's yeah. probably five that are going to go in the first round so I think that's worth worth discussing as well especially let's just say there's seven Right, and you know three quarterbacks are going to go at least before them. You're going to have your choice of one of those tackles, or an elite right. receiver, or yeah, or a, a Dunze, which, or or yeah. a Harrison. One of those yeah. the, that that's four, right? Top two tackles, top two receivers. So, so if somebody and, and we know how desperate teams are to find their franchise quarterback and what they're willing to do, we saw Carolina last year. Uh, if, if if the Chargers can move out of that seven and get a mid round pick get a second this year, get a first next year if somebody's really desperate. I mean, that's when we're really talking about trying to roster build. And, you know, there are some holes right. on this roster going into 2024 that they All need over. to fill, and it's not going to be just one guy. And I, I would be, you know, for as good as, like, Neighbors is from LSU, I would be very hesitant to to draft a wide receiver in the top 10 knowing how many other needs – I need, uh, and, and knowing that Justin Herbert can get the football to, to a lot of people. Uh, and yeah. there's a lot of receivers out there. Like you, we mentioned all these guys, man. All these guys went in the late first, second, and beyond. And, you know, if, if Justin Herbert can throw to T-Billy and Jalen Guyton, he can certainly find a guy late first, early second, and make him into a star too. Yeah, I'm looking off screen here for those watching on YouTube, not because I'm not listening to what Chris is saying. I am, but I wanted to check out Tankathon because – you know, I just, I think about, I think about what Houston did last year to go up and get Will Anderson, right? And, and what they were willing to give up. And I talked about Miami giving up a one, you know, two ones to get Jalen Waddell, what Philly gave up to go up and get Devonte Smith. So as, as you look and, and you see, you know, Houston has got that 17th pick and you know, actually that goes to Arizona. I forgot about that. So, because they went back up to get Will Anderson. So what I'm getting at is, look, maybe it's Arizona. Maybe Arizona decides they want to move on from Kyler Murray. They can get a one for Kyler Murray and they're going to take Jaden Daniels or they're going to take Drake May or, or they're going to start over and they get a second one. And now next thing you know, they want to trade you a couple ones to come up and get that wide receiver to help out their brand new quarterback and, and put, Malik neighbors with their new quarter. I think there's so many combinations that could lead to the chargers getting an extra one, maybe two ones this year. Maybe you end up getting a one, a two this year. So now you've got two twos, you slide back a little bit and you've got a one going into next year. Like that's the sort of stuff that you can get into when quarterbacks are available and quarterbacks are valued. And you've got Seattle at 15, Denver at 14, um, Tampa at 20. Exactly. Raiders at 11. There are so many, as you go through and you start looking down, you start looking down the list and you see new Orleans at 13 
You see Minnesota at 12. There's a lot of opportunities for you to, to, to pick up that, that first where you're still going to get an elite player out of one next year, pick up a two or a three this year. And that's the sort of stuff. And I hate talking about this because it just, it reminds you of how bad the season went, but unfortunately it's, it's where we're at. I'll tell you this chargers fans would rather hear about this than, than week 18 right yeah. now. Right. Yeah. Like they, they, they want, they want to get this thing going. They want the jump start on who the coach and the general manager is going to be. And they want to see how this roster is going to be further developed. And I think the wide, the, the running back position it may be a complete expansion, right? It could be. It could total be a whole reset. New, yeah, it could be a complete total reset. We, we'll see what happens with Austin this offseason. I think Josh Kelly's a, a free agent. I I, I don't know it, what the next coaching staff is going to think about Isaiah Spiller. Obviously, he's under contract, um, but I do think that they're going to have to find a way to run the football. They're going to have to find a way to run the football. No doubt. And look, if it's the the head coach that everybody wants that ends up getting hired, Jim Harbaugh is not not going to run the football. And that's where where the tackle conversation comes in. That's where a back in the second round comes in and maybe why you would want to trade back, get that extra pick in the second round there. You grab your tight end, you grab your, your back, and you're ready to play the style of football that, that Bo Schembechler embedded into to Jim Harbaugh's brain. You know, when he called Bo and said, I'm thinking about being a head coach, he said, you're going to have a fullback that puts his hand in the ground? Yes, I am. You're going to have a tight end that blocks? Yes, I am. You're going to run God's play? Yes, we're going to run power. All right, you can be a head coach. And that's, that's the foundation on which Jim Harbaugh, you know, builds his football teams. We don't have that. The Chargers do not have that right now. They, they, they are the you know, in the conversation is the worst running team in the league. And that's the identity of Michigan. They, they drag you into the deep water. And in the fourth quarter, they drown you. They pull you under because they're going to be able to tread water longer than you are. And that's how they've done it since he showed up. They're a physical team. They, you know, they can take your punches. And as long as they've got you in their sights, they're going to beat you at, by the end of the game. And so that's not what this team is. And that's, and that's where the head coach is going to determine what they need and how they want to play and what they want to play with, because chances are that the person you bring in is probably going to be paired with a, a GM that has a similar vision. Man, I just when you're you're talking money and, and that identity that the Chargers have lacked, especially running the football. Like I, I remember, I think the last really successful year they had run the football was when Melvin was at his peak powers under Coach Lynn, and and they they mixed in Eckler, and and it was a it was a very solid running attack. Have not seen that, have not seen that, and that has been such a missing link. You take out the Miami game, I I, I want to give the whoever somebody on Twitter had a some sort of stat. I, it escapes me the name, but take out the Miami game, it was like the worst rushing attack in like the last decade. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been brutal. It has been brutal. And that's where, that's why I bring up the, t- it's the, the right side of the line collapses every time they try to run the ball that way. So that's why I'm talking about the tackle. That's what I'm talking yeah. about, you know, and that's where maybe the Brock Bowers thing comes in because he is a full service tight end. He will block his tail off and he will catch the ball and he will body up guys and he can extend plays like he's the full he's the full package. That's why you're talking about him. He's George Kittle. He's T.J. Hawkinson. He's you know he's Travis Kelsey's a different deal. Travis Kelsey's more of that receiver, but that's kind of the mold that 
that Bowers is in. Think of Kittle, think of Hawkinson. He can do it all. And that's kind of going back to when Hawkinson was traded for a two. It's like, yeah, that's the guy that everybody's looking for. You know, that's that's what you want. If you're going to pay a premium for a tight end, you want to pay it for the tight end that isn't just a pass catcher, but one that's going to knock you on your tail when they're running the ball. So that's, look, there's... um there's a lot of different directions they can go. And, and typically when you say that, it's because there's a lot of holes mm-hmm. and that you have to fill. And so the, the one thing I would like to see, and, and again, we, we are not privy to, to everything behind the, the, the you know, things that are closed off to us, practices, meetings, film study. But Dan Henley got out there for a couple snaps and man, he made a huge tackle, like an explosive play saving tackle when Javante broke through that line and Eric Hendricks read it wrong, and he was running into that gap. And there's Dayon sprinting over there, making that ankle tackle, limiting it to like a 10 or 11-yard rush instead of a 30 or 40-yard rush. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that out there with, with him. And he made, a, he made a tackle right after that, made a stuff at the line of scrimmage. So I'm hoping we get a little bit more of that uh, on Sunday uh, against the Chiefs. Now, granted, it's going to be a much different-looking Chiefs team. You're not going to see Patrick Mahomes. It's Blaine Gabbert. You're not going to see Travis Kelsey. You know, I don't know. You got to put somebody out there. So they're obviously going to have players play. out there. Someone's got to play. But for that matter, I, I really would like to evaluate. Keep McFadden out there. Let's see if, you know, if, if that's something moving forward that, that you're comfortable with. I might even consider playing him at center if Zion's healthy and, and they were working him out at center as well. That's good just point. Because of the contract versus Brandon's contract. So, that's I think that's worth to me that's this week 18 as much as I'd like to see gift get a get a win and as much as I'd like to see Easton get a win I think you owe it to the the organization to to really try to put some guys out there and evaluate game tape from some of these younger players as as you go into what's likely going to be a, a pretty big reset in the offseason Speaking of that, let's take a quick break and we will get into that reset, the the potential head coach uh, of the, the Chargers and GM and what could happen next Monday. All right, guys, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Surface, the official sideline technology provider and laptop of the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers that provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Check out the powerful Surface Pro 9, combining the power of a laptop with the flexibility of a tablet at Surface.com. VIP ticket packages for the first ever Super Bowl in Las Vegas are now on sale. And only on location offers all-inclusive experiences worthy of the entertainment capital of the world. Ticket packages boast an array of offerings, such as premium seating to the game, epic pregame parties with headline talent, NFL legend appearances, premium drinks and fare, and much more. Visit NFLOnLocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your football experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location. Hey, Chargers fans, you want to eat? Uber Eats now available for in-stadium pickup. Order all of your stadium favorites from your seat with the Uber Eats app. Just set your location to SoFi Stadium, select your favorites, and you'll receive a notification when your order is ready for pickup. There are many mouth-watering options in SoFi Stadium. Let the stadium rumble, not your stomach. Go Chargers. So, Muddy, the season ends and it happens quick, and then Black Monday happens, and coaches are let go, 
and the the teams like the Panthers and the Chargers, who we know, the Raiders, who we know already need to be looking for a head coach, that process starts to get expedited a little bit. Um, what do you think is going to happen around right. the NFL? Like Belichick? Seems like it, that's, right? That's it been the hot like name. It. It, it, what, so, what other names are like? Here we go. I'm, I'm going down the. Obviously, Tennessee. Carolina needs a coach. Washington needs a coach. We've already heard that Rivera's out there. Sounds like Belichick and Kraft are ready to part ways. It feels like that's going to happen. So New England needs a coach. Arizona Giants fine. Chargers need a coach. Word on Tennessee. To me, that's a trade. Can they get a one for Mike Vrabel? If they can, then maybe they decide let's let's reset and move on. The yep. Jets sound like they're fine, that they want to give it one more go. Sounds like Atlanta. I think it probably depends what it looks like against New Orleans. If they don't get blown off the field or maybe they win that game, then Arthur Smith stays. It sounds like they want to keep him. Chicago, I'd be really surprised if they kept Everflus, but they've played great. They've played really good football here to close the season. Sounds like it, them. but it's I like if you're going to get rid of Justin Fields and you're going to draft a new quarterback and do you really want – uh, a guy that was probably going to get fired five weeks ago in that quarterback's first season with that offensive system that you very well could end up changing the following year. You don't want to do that to uh, to a young quarterback. So that's where that thing is kind of interesting to me. And I think it also depends on, man, we got the number one pick. We got Caleb Williams. You know, we can we can maybe really go out and get someone here. You know, someone's going to be very interested in this job because of how well – the Bears played down the stretch. The fact that Caleb Williams is coming in on a rookie deal and you've got DJ Moore, you've got talent on that roster. You got Montez Sweat locked up. So that could end up being like, yeah. that's the sort of discussions that are going to be had on Black Monday. Okay, I know we like what Matt did down the stretch, but let's let's think about who's available and what our pitch is and who we might be able to get. Look, it's that's the thing about firing your coach. Who are you going to hire instead? Are they better? Are they considerably better? Is it a lateral move? Are you just getting rid of the guy in order to to say, we understand the fans' frustrations. Here's your red meat and, and your sacrificial lamb. Now we got to go find someone that maybe we don't even like as much. Like there's, that's, that's where it comes into the conversation with a team like the Bears. Yes, the players like Antonio Pierce. Raiders are going to get a new head coach. They're, they're going to find someone. Same thing in New Orleans. They're saying Dennis Allen is safe, but it's like, is he? Like, I... You really okay with that? With with potentially eight and nine this season? Uh, so, I man, see, well, okay. So Soldier Field is chant. They're chanting, "We want Fields." DJ Moore's come out and yeah. said, "I don't want anybody else being my quarterback." The defense has played lights out the last several weeks with Montez Sweat at one of those bookend positions. Devontae Adams is saying Antonio Pierce yeah. is the guy. The locker room wants Antonio Pierce. So these are these interesting decisions that really could affect the Chargers and, and some of these uh, potential destinations for guys like Harbaugh or a college coach right. or Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel being traded. I think I know Washington and, and Carolina. Carolina, I don't know if you want to play for Tepper or not. Uh, like that's that's the benefit there is I can't imagine no matter how big the number is somebody wanting to go play for that guy or going to coach for that guy. That's. That's where that comes in. Yeah. Washington's interesting, you know, inexplicably Arizona winning that game and Washington now sitting at the number two hole and getting either Drake May or Caleb Williams. 
makes that a very interesting spot. And and a new and new ownership. Right. Uh, imagine getting Caleb Williams, who played right. his, his exactly. high school football at Gonzaga in DC, coming home and getting getting a, yeah. a blue chip coach. Yeah, I think that's. Him. No, I think if I if I understand it correctly, I believe based on the way the season ends, if New England loses to the Jets and Washington loses to the Cowboys, I think I think New England will jump Washington for the number two pick because it will come down to strength of schedule. It's interesting, and so the the strength. The strength of schedule is a game apart money. So I, I saw, I think it was Steve Kornacki talking about this. Uh, the Saints smoked the Patriots. The Commanders beat the Falcons. The Saints and the Falcons play week 18, which will determine the strength of schedule by right? like a game. So, yeah, which, which is crazy. And then, and then if it's tied, then you go to head-to-head. The Commanders beat the Patriots, but that right. actually hurts them. Because that would drop them yeah. behind the Patriots, so th- that's like some of the fun intrigue at, at the top. But of, and I think and that's and the reason we we kick that around is because you know it's the 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 New England job with Robert Kraft now becomes a lot more attractive with a franchise quarterback moving forward with either Drake May or Caleb Williams moving yes. forward. So you know what kind of owner he is, you know what kind of town you're going to, how much they support the team, and that then becomes a much more attractive job when they have the number two pick instead of the number three or four pick. But you know Bill Belichick's going to go out and whoop the Jets, and they're going to end up sliding out, and it's going to be hilarious, and the Patriot fans are going to be staring at yeah. Drake May, and then, nope, not so much. that 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 Because there is no way that guy is losing to the Jets in what very well could be his last game as the Patriots head coach, just knowing the history there, that he was hired by the Jets, didn't want the job, turned it down, the Patriots trade for him, and the rest is history. The Patriots become a dynasty, and the Jets become a laughingstock and a punching bag. So they aren't losing that game. There is, I, If there is one bet I could make on Sunday, that would be the bet. Unless Belichick is coming back, and he and Kraft have already had this conversation, and it's, uh, let's not... Let's not mess this one up, okay? Let's let's make sure. And that could end up being a hot potato game where Salah is like, hey, we, we want nothing to do with one of them quarterbacks going to New England. You guys get the win. Get out of there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Pats fans may be watching a lot of Jaden yeah. Daniels tape uh, exactly if, that, right. if that's the case. Uh, God, I, it's the, the, the intrigue. And the fact that the Chargers have a franchise quarterback, man, I have to believe that that's the number one chip for a coach. I get to coach Justin Herbert. Right. Count me in. Right. As opposed to, we, we think Caleb Williams is going to be really, really good. He probably will right. be. But we don't know. Drake May could be amazing. He could be a, a Justin Herbert 2.0. We don't know. Right. We don't know Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix and, all these, all these guys, it's such a crapshoot in the draft. But when you have an established guy and you have maybe uh, the ability to, to make more decisions about yeah. the personnel and you get to live in Manhattan Beach right? and you get to have a brand new facility in El Segundo, I mean, those things kind of all stack up. And you look at the kind of the, the land, we talked about the landscape of the AFC West. You know, I, I know that the team's going to look drastically different in terms of personnel and there's some cap uh, potential hurdles this offseason, 
But the cap yeah. goes up every year. And once you make these tough decisions this year, if you're looking at this as like a, a five-year plan, I think it's important good. to look. We all want Harbaugh. I know that I, because I talk to people every day. And I was just out last night. I was out last it's night. And it's everywhere. It was, we were, I, you know, I, I don't mean to name drop, but I end up going out to this, this Callaway golf thing that a, a buddy of mine and my friends at Travis Matthew wanted me to go to. So I go out and I run into to Bill Simmons and he's an old friend. I know him through Jimmy. And, and so we start chatting. And as we're talking, he's asking me, about Harbaugh and you think you're going to get Harbaugh and I'm like I don't know but it certainly seems to line up it feels like the organization really wants him and and it feels like it it makes sense for him to come and who walks over and again I'm dropping more names David Chang walks over who's a good friend of Bill's who was there and he's a huge Washington fan and he's barking about oh no we're getting Harbaugh. They're going to spend all the money. You can't tell. You mean to tell me you'd rather go get Herbert than get Drake May and and be able to start over? And and he even likes McCarthy, so they can trade back and draft McCarthy, and he can get his guy. The po- <laughs> I, I bring it up to to point out they might. That may be what Harbaugh wants. He may he may want McCarthy, and he may want Washington, and he may want to fight with the the Eagles and the Cowboys every and the Giants. You know, for a division every year, that would certainly fit his personality. And if that happens, okay, there are other guys out there. There are other quality coaches out there that if for whatever reason, it's not Jim Harbaugh, maybe it's Dan Quinn, uh, who took the Falcons to a Super Bowl maybe and won a Super Bowl as a D.C. with the Seattle Seahawks and has one of the best defenses in the NFL this year. And who knows what's going to happen with the Cowboys when they get into the playoffs. So it could be it could be yep. Jim Schwartz who has managed to somehow help Kevin Stefanski guide the Browns to 11 wins, maybe 12 without a quarterback, without the center of their offense because the defense had been so dominant. Maybe it's Ben Johnson who has resurrected the Detroit Lions franchise offensively and has got Amon Ross St. Brown as an all-pro and and Jared Goff is now a Pro Bowl quarterback. Like there are other options. There are other guys that that will be available. And let's just, you know what, let me just kind of pull up the the standings real quick, Chris, because that's what's interesting about this is and, and I get it, man. I, I want Harbaugh. I would be beyond excited if Harbaugh is the guy, but I go into standings and I'm looking at the playoff picture. Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, Jacksonville Jet. Well, that's Doug Peterson. So Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, first-time head coach. Kevin Stefanski, Browns, first-time head coach. The Colts are right now the seventh seed. Our old friend, Shane Steichen. The Texans, if they beat the Colts, D'Amico Ryan's first year as a head coach ends up in there. Who's behind him? Mike Tomlin, uh, Sean Payton, all behind him. So Mike Vrabel in the 14 hole. You go to the the opposite side, and you've got the Detroit Lions at three with Dan Campbell, first-time head coach. You've got the Eagles, who were in the Super Bowl last year with Nick Sirianni. The Rams, of course, got McVay as a first-time head coach and a 32-year-old. The Packers, Matt LaFleur, first-time head coach. Like, it can work. It, Kevin, Kevin O'Connell, O'Connell with the Vikings last year with 13 wins. Like, it can work. It works. It's not the end. Uh, it's not the end-all, be-all that for some reason Jim Harbaugh decides or the Chargers decide that there's just a better fit somewhere else. Um, it's because that's going to happen quick. I think the Harbaugh things probably win or lose the national championship that that's going to progress pretty quickly. Because I think when you look at there's, there's really no 
There's no coordinators with San Francisco. The Dan Quinn thing might string it out if they make their way all the way to the championship round, right? That'll that'll take till the end of January before you'd be able to hire him. Ben Johnson with the Lions, that could take a couple weeks. But I, you know, Mike McDonald with the with the Baltimore Ravens, who are the one seed, like there's to me, the Harbaugh thing happens pretty quick. I think a team wants to b- blow him out of yeah. the water with a deal and and offer him, you know, Michigan's offered him 10 years, 12 per. I think you can structure, you know, the floor is going to be 15 for him. So it's 15 per. You don't have to worry about NIL. You don't have to worry about recruiting. And if you want your 10 years, win a Super Bowl. We'll guarantee you five. You win a Super Bowl. There's your other five. We'll lock in the other five, you know, because then it's worth it. So. And then who, who are you in competition with? Uh, you're also in competition with no doubt. the Raiders. They're in your division. You know, like if you if you think that Pierce isn't going to be the guy, and it's very possible that he won't be the guy, that Mark Davis just says, you know what, I need another big fish. I'm going to go try to get Harbaugh too. So you're going to be in competition with some of these other teams. Um, I, I think with Chargers fans, and I'm sure, like you said, you, we hear these guys uh, and girls all, all around the country on X, on Instagram, in person. Uh, I, I think the fact that they have gone – first-year head coach the last three years is the only reason why it's like, okay, maybe it's time to change it up. Like, I'm with you. You could very well get a Ben Johnson, and he's awesome, yeah. and you go to the playoffs right away. You could you could very well get one of these first-time coordinators and, and bring them in. Uh, a guy like Raheem Morris, who did it before, and I think probably deserves a head coaching job somewhere. Um, sure. You could do that, and you could have success. But based on how the last three have gone and how they've ended really. I shouldn't say how they've gone, but how they've ended. Uh, that's why Harbaugh yeah. seems so glaring. And so he's like, an offensive he's guy. For everybody. You, know, you don't you, have to you, change offensive coordinators. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to determine, he's going to determine what offense you run. He's a winner from the second he steps in the door. What he did with San Francisco. I, I, I keep, I should look it up. I keep saying, I think it's 44 and 16, but what he did with San Francisco and obviously Michigan, Stanford, San Diego. He's won everywhere he's gone. You have no concerns. He's like, like he's Mike Tomlin. He's Andy Reid. He's John yeah. Harbaugh. These dudes that love football, that just want to compete and can't help themselves. It's all they think about. That's what you need. And so that's. Did he work closely with Pep Hamilton in Michigan too? Like, you know, when Pep was the quarterback coach, yeah. Justin's rookie year, I mean, like, it's it's just he has right. NFL connections. I'm not saying like Pep to the to the Chargers yeah. too. I'm just saying like he has NFL connections. He knows oh yeah the personnel. He saw Justin Herbert no, up close and personal. It's like I said to me. Yeah. I think it's a no brainer for the team, and I would assume that's what they want. It's just whether or not he wants you. We all want things, it's, you know. So, but it takes two. It takes two to dance. And if if you ask him to dance, there's a chance that he says no because he wants to dance with somebody else. And that's something that's out of your control. So you control what you can and, and you make a compelling offer. And you certainly feel like you're pretty attractive with Justin Herbert and Rashawn Slater and an AFC West that has the Raiders, that has the Broncos that are going to cut Russell Wilson and take a $39 million cap hit on that contract this upcoming year. And a Chiefs team that looked totally vulnerable all season long without, you know, Tyree Kill and and certainly took a step back on the offensive line. So at a fourth yeah, place schedule. Exactly. And a fourth place schedule the first yeah. year you're here. So right. let's hope it works out.
So obviously, man, we're, we're, we're speculating because we, yeah. we're not there yet, right? We got one more game to go, but a, a week from today, Monday, we're going to yeah. know a lot. You know, we're going to know if Michigan is, is the national champion. We're going to know who needs a head coach. We're going to know some of the yeah. candidates that are out there that are out there immediately. Uh, and probably safe to say that we will have maybe a little bit more concrete news to talk about. Not saying that there's going to be a hire made, but like, you know, we'll, the, the speculation and stuff could be ramped up I mean, a little bit assume, a week from like, today. The one thing that they tend to do is they announce who they're interviewing. So we're going to at least get that. We're going to find out who yeah. they're interested in. What 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 coaches are they interested in, you know, between, between like you said, the end of this season on Sunday and the next time we do this on Thursday. We'll probably have at least one, maybe two coaches that have been interviewed by then. It sucks because you don't want to talk ah, about this terrible. stuff right now. A year ago, we break were, down the Chiefs we're game. going to we we're going to Denver and in the playoffs and uh, get ready for Jacksonville yeah, and you know the excitement and and all that stuff that that you know fans they live yeah. for. You know, you get to the postseason in January, man. There's nothing better. Uh, so it's been a very disappointing season, but uh, we're trying to push it forward with with the hope that that spring is yeah. eternal every off season and. And there's a lot to, to look forward to because I, I, I think whoever comes in here knows they got the quarterback and it'll it'll be a, a, a nice breath of fresh air for everybody as, as they kind of turn the page, build the culture, move into this new practice facility. No doubt. And hopefully get back on track. No doubt. Uh, I'm with you 100%. New facility. That's the other thing they have to sell. Brand new facility right next to LAX, right next to SoFi. L.A. traffic, you don't have to worry about it, man. You're going to live in the South Bay, and you're going to be 10 minutes from the facility. You're going to be 15 minutes from SoFi. You're going to be 10 minutes from LAX. Welcome to the Chargers. You, you've got a house on the beach. You want to live in – you or you yep. can go up on the hill, live in, live in Palos Verdes. It's going to take you 25 minutes to get to work. Not an issue at all. And it's they got a lot to sell, no doubt. It's an attractive – job i have no doubt about it especially if you give somebody long-term security five years you know with an option for eight or something like that if you win a super bowl for one of these top tier candidates and they're gonna end up with somebody good i'm, I'm excited about that future and they're gonna end up with a great draft pick and the potential for even more draft picks and it's what it's gonna take it's 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 gonna it's it's gonna take yep. a lot to, to try to get this thing turned around coming off a season that that ended like this well, happy New Year, guys! One more right. game. Want to see these guys uh, finish uh, finish the season the right way, and then we we turn the page and we get ready for a new era of Chargers football. For Matt Money Smith, I'm Chris Harry. This has been Chargers Weekly, powered by Microsoft Service.